good morning, depending on when you are. So this week started with a topic that was a bit depressing, which was the slow rollout of the vaccines. And then we promised you, but from the next episode, it's going to be something uplifting, something value pursuing. But then all the other things happened. So to cut a long story short, we are we owe you a, an optimist end of the week. So today we're going to discuss productivity. So we have someone with us, Jonathan, the scholar, the capitalist, who the, the stuff that he's doing so much stuff in his life means that he's doing something well. So we have things to, to learn from him. But also for members of ARC UK, for members of the Annual Center UK, we're having a new initiative. It's something that we might find a cooler name, but for the moment we call it the Productivity Hub. This is going to be a monthly event, a monthly meeting where we're going to discuss either a productivity method or a productivity slash self-development slash self-help book. So the idea is the following one. There's all this stuff out there. We all want to learn more, but we haven't got the time. And also it's difficult to distinguish what is good information on productivity and self-help and what is bad information. So once every month, myself or someone else, will have as their task to choose a book by someone who, who knows what they're talking about, distill it down to the essential information, the essential takeaways, the essential details, create some notes, distribute the notes to the group, and then the group comes together for two hours and discuss it. And the first book we are going to discuss is Joko Willings and Leif Babin's uh, Extreme Ownership. And the, the way we choose the book is by vote within the Android Center UK group. So there were some options. I gave people some options. There were also a book by Gary V. There was also something by Tony Robbins. So this kind of stuff. Sometimes it's going to be a book. Other times it's going to be a program or a method. So I'm sure at some point we're going to discuss the getting things done method, for example. Where am I getting with all this? If you're on the fence, should I join Android Center UK or not? I think merely the fact that we're going to do something like this is worth your money. Yeah. Not to mention all the other things, all the other perks for the members of ARC UK. Enough with the sell pitch. We start on today's topic. So, Jonathan, why don't you tell us a bit about the things that have worked well for you? Actually, before we get that, out of curiosity, what is your daily routine? So, from what time do you wake up? And from the time you wake up, how does your day go? Well, I'm an early bird, and that's part of my routine and part of what I consider to be my own kind of um, particulars about productivity. But what I'm in awe, and I'm excited about the Ayn Rand Center UK, Nikos, and good afternoon, good morning to all of our listeners and viewers from around the world. What I'm so excited about is this process of becoming more productive because, you know, there's only 24 hours in the day, but when you realize how productive you can be, not in this kind of robotic Spock-like machine way, but in a real a period of sustaining and, and achievement, creating things, building things, I mean, um, that's kind of what makes life living and, and worth living. So any type of productivity hacks, you know, tools, if you will, um, to help make that process a little bit easier because it isn't necessarily, it's not for me, it's not easy. Uh, I know that Jean Maroney, uh, she is many things among others, but she's the wife of Harry Binswanger. She's also a, a real brilliant thinker in her own right. She's developed, uh, I think, a lot of tools. And I'll just say for me, big picture, and especially from kind of an objectivist perspective, for me, it comes back, Nikos, to that whole idea of the crow epistemology. Um, and then I'm kind of, I'm sure 
bludgeoning it. And I want you to jump in because you are the scholar. But, you know, for me, it's that idea that, you know, my mind can't focus on this indefinite number of things. So for me, in terms of productivity, I start by, you know, breaking down a big task into or big project into something that's more achievable. You know, I think that was the the whole notion. And I want to hear from you this, the crow epistemology. Um, You know, when you see something that's just so huge, like, for example, I'm going to run a marathon. Well, that's a huge undertaking. But when you start breaking it down and to say, I'm going to start with, you know, running one mile a day or running two miles a day, and this is going to be my schedule, you know, you can start to, you can start to achieve it. So for me, that's a big part of it. I also, and I don't like this phrase, but I also don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Um, I can be a perfectionist. I always see the flaws. But for me, when I'm working on a project, you know, when you slow down and stop your thoughts to say, I got to work on this flaw. And there's, I give my, myself permission. And I think this is something that Dr. Peacock actually talks about in some of his topics about brainstorming to, in a sense, kind of let it all out on the page or let it all out. You can always come back, you know, and make changes. As I said, I work best in the morning. So I'm kind of an early bird. Um, I need to be isolated. I can't have music on. I can't be certainly watching social media or podcasts during that time. But more than anything, not more than anything, but I'll say one other thing for me about productivity. You know, Nico's, you know, the, the reward is the productivity of being productive. But I also schedule myself some like legitimate rewards. Uh, now, in the UK, you've got some funky foods like bangers and mash and spotted dick. Well, here in the United States, we have something called Buffalo wings, basically fried chicken legs uh, that are coated in a sweet, delicious sauce. You know what this is, Nikos, a buffalo wing. So I'll say to myself something like, finish the chapter in your upcoming book and you can get buffalo wings. So these are for me some of the small little tricks that I use to help make myself so productive because you know you can be so tremendously productive and that's really the, that's the gift unto itself from the whole process. Right, so, okay, two comments on, on these things. So you said you're more productive in the morning. I agree with that. There is this saying about basketball that what really counts is the last five minutes of the game. In my life, what matters is basically the first hours in the morning. Here's the catch, though. Everyone says in the morning, do the things. So Sorry, there are two sides, two points of view. I've heard people like Don Watkins, shout out to Don, by the way. He's one of the best people who combine objectivism with productivity. So I encourage people to follow his work. So he says he jumps in the morning in his most exciting task, in the most the task he's feeling more passionate about. Another point of view is that you start the day by focusing on the stuff that you don't want to do. And if you think about it, maybe it's also these two different views of, of life. The one is, how does gold say? We don't want to escape pain. We want to, uh, to, to live, something like that. Because I'm more on the malevolent universe escaping pain premise, I start the day with handling the, the thing that I don't want to do. So in my life, basically, my life is split on my university job, my ARC UK job, and my ARI job. So usually I start with the university stuff. And I want to take this out of the day. So most of my morning hours are done on this. The, the problem, and also it's my main source of income, so I feel it as a duty, so to speak, to my employer. The problem with this is that around 12 o'clock, when I have, let's say, my first break for a walk or for a workout, the rest of the day is technically working all the time, but not doing 
very focused work. So, so my first takeaway would be make sure that you work clever. And I'm the person who doesn't work clever. That's why I end up working some like 16 hours every day and not really doing work. So I think it's important how you start your day. But instead of saying what does not work, let me say something that does work. What has made a big difference for me is actually skipping breakfast and doing the intermittent fasting thing. So I have a much better clarity with an empty stomach. So I start my day only with coffee. And if the very few days of the year that I manage to have the discipline to start the day without social media, without the news, and just by starting working, it's magnificent. And that's a weird thing with productivity if you think about it. After some point, we all know what to do. The problem is how do you get the, the discipline, the discipline to the discipline to do it? So so Jonathan, how do you how do you make sure that day by day you have this routine? So by the way, when you say you wake up early in the morning, what time do you wake up? Well, I'm an early bird partially for me, Nikos, because the nature of my work <clears throat> as a money manager. That tends to happen, at least here in the States, you know, between 5 a.m. and 2 p.m. So, you know, I'm, I'm up literally at the crack of dawn or usually before the crack of dawn. But to your point about the distractions and how difficult it is, you know, Ayn Rand talks a lot about focus, you know, the need to focus. And that's really hard when you're checking your feed and checking Facebook and checking the stocks. And, you know, so, uh, you know, you, you asked about my process. You know, for me, you know, one thing I did for many years, for over a decade, I was a columnist for a website called smartmoney.com. So I had a thousand words due every Monday morning. And how I did it was literally block out the time. I had to schedule the time on Sunday. Usually for me, it was basically most all of the day, um, schedule that time and Everyone knew not to bother me. I couldn't be reached and to, to, to siphon off the that time. And that, that was really before even a lot of the, those modern day distractions. So, you know, you know, the brain is such an amazing organ, uh, but it needs to be able to focus. And I know for me, that involves doing exactly as you said, you know, turning off the social media, turning off the news, focusing at the problem at hand. And, you know, I'm with you as well in terms of tackling the, the perceivedly tough uh, task first, you know, for me, I think sometimes what we, uh, we have uh, uh, fear about that tough task, there's anxiety, there's apprehension, but a lot of that's in at least my head. So sometimes at least if you can kind of take a crack at it, a lot of that fear goes away of how bad it really could be. Um, so I'm with you. I mean, start early, tackle the tough uh, issue first, uh, give yourself those requisite breaks and rewards, break down the big project into achievable goals um, and take a lot of pride in that you are pre uh, producing something, you are achieving something and you're doing it for your own good. So another thing that has worked for me is this idea that you need to start the day with some victory. Even if this victory is answer all your emails or even if this victory is to reach your quota in marking essays. So... Something else that has worked, when you don't want to do any of this, I remember last year, I was writing the first version of my book on tribalism. And because I was following the wrong method, I was completely demotivated. I hadn't discovered Don Watkins' writing method, which is inspired by Leonard Speak of writing, the way I understand it, writing method. And I was basically, on, I was going without a map. Anyway, but I remember one day I said, before I start writing, the moment I wake up, 
I'm going to do 100 push-ups on different variations and stuff. I remember that day being very productive and it was because you start on a positive note. You achieve something and then you're like, okay, it goes uphill from here. Whereas if your day starts, which is how 19 out of my 100 days start. So I'm not, I'm not saying I'm good on this one. So my day is usually, okay, uh, social media, dopamine spike or uh, the opposite, uh, getting angry. And also be very careful how quite often you can trick your mind with what I call productive procrastination. So here's an example. I know, for example, that I need to write a draft. Instead, I'm going to check, oh, how did our videos do? Or how did uh, something else do? So you think you're doing something productive, but you only do it because you want to avoid something else. So another thing that has definitely worked, and also I encourage people to follow it in, in case they don't already know it is, so Alex Epstein, the person who is good at everything in, in a way, and he's inspired by objectivism, he's talking about this idea of time blocking, and it's not his idea, but he very much emphasized on that. So again, the five days every year where I get the discipline the day before to time block stuff, but time block every single stuff. So workout, marking, doing emails, video editing, a topic for tomorrow. These were some very, very productive days. And what I think to myself is if I would do this every day, my life would be so much better and so much, uh, so much different. Unfortunately, I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not doing it. So uh, what, the, so I, Jonathan I, is coming with. No, I agree with you, Nikos. I, I was grabbing my day planner um, for that exact reason. I mean, if you want to see me depressed, you know, you see, an, I use an old fashioned day planner. I actually use one for the, the New Yorker. I just like the cartoons, but uh, I take a lot of, um, uh, it, it helps me from a productivity standpoint. I think I hear this is what you're saying. It's like, write it down in your book, schedule it out in your book, fill up your day planner of how you're going to spend your life. 2.30 or 3.30 gonna work out. And it sounds a little maniacal, but you know, I think what it really helps me at least do is it, uh, achieve those goals that you're talking about, this intermittent small goals that gives you the catnip, if you will, to keep going, to pursue another little goal, to pursue another achievement. And all of a sudden you've reached a big goal by small little steps along the way. Can we ask you to show us one page if you want, uh, if it's not like something super personal, so that uh, we see what you what you mean? Um, no, no, it's, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, you can imagine, you can imagine. Okay, okay. But right away, for me, write it down. Make it, uh, make it real by writing it down and sticking to it. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to try the, the handwritten thing. So another thing that has worked uh, for one aspect of, uh, which is not 100% productivity, but of making my life better is finding an accountability partner for something. So I was thinking, what are the things that I want to do more of? So the work stuff, I'm doing them because I have to work out. I do it because I've got used to it. It's part of my routine. But I was thinking that specifically during lockdown, because I cannot train in a dojo, I need to do every day something more with, uh, with something related to martial arts. So I spoke, I, I've put somewhere in one of the Iron Run Center UK, one of our myriad chat rooms, I think on the one related to fitness, I want an accountability partner. Every day I send you a photo where either I do dry drills on the floor 
or uh, the punch bag or something like that. Now, this started, I think, at some point early December. Since that day, by the way, uh, here's to my accountability partner, who I'm sure is, is in the chat. So since then, my accountability partner has only missed one day. So we allow ourselves to, to miss one day every week. Beyond that, I haven't missed a single day. My accountability partner uh, has missed only one day. But we take it seriously. So we say every day we miss, we pay each other five pounds. So again, someone might say, okay, that's too much. This is uh, sad. No, it's not sad because it has worked. And there are many days, I would say three out of four days, I wouldn't do my work, I wouldn't do my practice. But because I know that this mechanism is in place, I'm doing it. Even if it's just, I'm watching some moves and it's, but it's something related to this activity. And my accountability partner is doing it with, uh, with uh, programming. So he's, he's, he's doing some work with programming. So it can be anything you want. So, and I just thought that, my next accountability partnership thing, maybe with myself, is every day to have something as a timetable for the next day. So anyone who is interested on that, you, we, can, we can do an accountability partnership uh, deal. Because, again, we all know what we have to do, and yet we do not, uh, we do, not do it. So Razi says there's a super chat uh, can you read it to me, Jonathan? Because I haven't got access to a screen. I, I, it was a, a, a nice contribution from Zalmi T. He asked for some stock picks. I put a few in the chat as a few ideas uh, uh, for him. Um, I don't, you don't necessarily need to put them out there for, uh, for liability purposes, but uh, we truly thank you for the support and, and, and for being part of the Rand Center UK and encourage you to, uh, to tune in as well because uh, to tune in and to also subscribe and to be part of this productivity uh, series. You know, Nikos, I'm, and I'm, I'm glad too you're pointing out that sometimes these small little, you know, the term mnemonic device or, kind of, or not, uh, or it's kind of a placebo effect on some level. You know, you know that if this small little thing, you're just gonna cost you five pounds, you can kind of stick to a schedule. And I think it's a really healthy thing, especially now. Don't you think now it's gotta be so much more difficult to be productive, to keep focus, given all the distractions. I mean, I almost feel sorry, I think, for younger people who are just coming up with all of today's technology because, you know, I kind of was raised on the card catalog and microfiche and pre, so I'm still able, I think, as difficult as it is, to sit down and focus and tune it out. But for people who've only known that kind of digital teat of endless bytes and, and stream, I think it's really probably more difficult to be productive now. Do you agree? And I, could, I couldn't agree more. And I'll say you one thing. Yesterday was probably my most unproductive day in months. Why? Because there was this overflow of information. So yesterday, I've spent something like two hours in WhatsApp groups arguing with people about what happened the day before in the Capitol. Huge mistake. Normally, I have all my, all my WhatsApp notifications closed. So I was running in cortisol. So this is the hormone where you... It's like the negative energy hormone, like the, the, not the stress, but how it's called. The one where you're like, ah, you, you, you kind of, you're not in a good place. So you don't, want to, you don't want to do this. And the last time this happened was the night of the election. Again, the, the days around the election were super unproductive for me. So, and it's interesting then in retrospect to see that and say, was it worth it? What, what did it? You didn't change anyone's mind. You became a bit more tribalistic than you had to and you lost your time. 
So it's not, uh, it's, it's this kind of what I call, quote, productive procrastination, because technically arguing politics is part of our job, or for you, seeing the political climate means that you can maybe uh, predict things about the markets or whatever. But it's important to recognize what is actually you're doing productive work and what is actually you are avoiding work. So last point today, uh, do you have any people who have inspired you in terms of uh, productivity or in terms of being being uh, focused on your mission, let's say? Well, uh, I'll share one, one thing that uh, I think about and someone will probably correct me. I believe it was Miss Rand who said, maybe it was Dr. Peikoff who said, Nikos, you might remember it. Something effective like, you don't have to be better than and affect someone else. You know, you just have to be good. You truly just have to do the best you can in your own context. And I know for me, you know, there's always that sense of in writing or, you know, I'm, I'm never gonna be, you know, um, George Soros or Warren Buffett, or I'm never gonna have a best-selling novel, novel. And, you know, putting that kind of fear and insecurity aside and just saying, I'm gonna do the best I can in my own context, in my own realm, and feeling good about that. And someone maybe in the super chat or in the chat can remind me of who in the objectivist literature, literature, literature you know, made that comment. Um, so what comes to mind was an episode- to be good. It was an episode in the Leonard Peikoff podcast where someone asked Leonard Peikoff something like, how do you feel, I, the question was not malicious, but how do you feel that you're never gonna be as good as anyone, something like that. And Peikoff breaks it down and uh, explains it, explains it in the way that uh, in the way that uh, that you mentioned. Right. So one last thing that I want to that I want to say is the following one. When it comes to when it comes to people who have been of influence to me, it's what we just said that you normally who know what you, what to do. The important thing is to keep doing it. That's why I found very very useful the work of uh, Gary V, because if you watch his videos. Every 10 of videos of Gary V is mostly repeating the same thing. Don't worry about what people say. Produce a lot of material. Be focused. Uh, don't spend money for no reason. Play the long game. You, in, you discover these things once. You say, yeah, they make sense. Then you forget it. What I find good with Gary V is that he keeps smashing the same points again and again and again and again. So the more, so this is something I found quite quite inspiring. Someone who says the good things, a very simple message, and this message hits the nail in the head, uh, hits the nail in the head uh, every time. So shout out to also to, as I said, to John Watkins. He's very good in stuff when it comes to, to building a system of productivity. Definitely Alex Epstein, uh, encouraging people to check out uh, the Human Flourishing Project. Jean Moroni, also in the Objectivist Universe. Uh, we did a, an, an event with her in ARI Europe. You can check it out on how to avoid procrastination and how to reach motivation. She says something very important. Like everything in life, motivation is something that you work on it. It's not like you shouldn't... Ex it's the same with writing. You don't expect the news to come to you so that you start writing. The same with motivation. You're not going to get motivation by listening hours and hours of motivational material. You have to actively work on it, find the method that... So it, motivation in a way is a bit like emotions. You don't exactly know why one minute is there, why one minute is not there, but you can dig a deep, bit deeper and try to understand what are the processes behind some days being 
motivated and some days not. So, so these are some people or some uh, uh, who have been of help to me when it comes to when it comes to productivity. And of course, for more, check out the productivity hub of Anwar Center UK. It's not released yet. You're gonna see some videos. Again, the first book we're gonna discuss is Joko Willings and Leighton Babef's Extreme Ownership. So these are two former Navy SEALs and they talk about how they take the lessons that they learned in the battles in Iraq and how they applied in business and life. Uh, if there was one person whose uh, discipline and productivity I would want to get, that would definitely be Joko Willing. So here's another reason again to join the Iron Center UK. We're going to discuss very interesting material. And through this process, hopefully we're all going to become better because we don't see philosophy as something which is for discussion groups only to have a good time. It's for discussion groups that apply to life. It's for things that apply to life. So everything that we do, even, even when we do something about novels, they give us the inspiration or the fuel to face the world. So that's what I really like in Anwar Center UK. Different things for different people. They all point to the same direction, live a better life. So Jonathan, how do we end the week? Uh, what's, what's your parting words? Thanks to all of our subscribers, all of our super chatters, all of our listeners. Um, we will see you back here next week and appreciate all your ongoing support. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jonathan. Thanks to our viewers. Have a good weekend, everyone.